Welcome to the Churchmount Sheepdogs podcast. In this series, I interview handlers and experts from Ireland and indeed from all over the world. And the aim of the series is to spark new ideas for training and trialing for the listener as a result of these conversations. The series is in part sponsored by Away With Dogs, a new sheepdog trial YouTube series. And you can find out more on awaywithdogs.co.uk. So I was, I was admiring your young dog there, and, and you were telling me he's just two years old. Uh, what's he called, Roy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was admiring Roy, and I just, I, I just was watching what you've been doing with him and all. What do you think about him, Michael, or do you think is he going to be one for the future, or what's your feeling on him? Uh, um, good days and bad days. He's just still a young dog. He can, he's um, desperately keen to work. Um He's, he, yeah, it he, he took a while for him to start realising that flanking on the fetch was all right when I was trying to persuade him to do that. Um, he, when I was teaching him to drive, he would get so far and then just have to head him and fetch him back to me. But then uh, I, did, I, I did a little bit of work with him on a quite a lot of sheep. And uh, once I'd done that, it wasn't, I, don't, I was just literally just gathering something up quite a few of them to, I think it was clipping the hog, uh, yeah the clipping the hogs so I gathered them up to fetch them inside and he did a few things wrong so he got told off but then after that he, he's, I took him out to train him and, and his driving had come on leaps and bounds to what it was before I'd done that but I hadn't done any driving when I was on the bunch, bunch of sheep the yeah. big lot of sheep it was just gathering them up to fetch them inside yeah. so I don't know what, what what it was that made him think about doing things slightly Better, better. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, I, there was a shed in that video, and I'd only done that three or four times with him before that. So he's got to the point now where he is ready to learn more and do things that he's asked, rather than that he thinks he should be doing with to 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 keep the sheep bunched up and in my direction. And so, in the past, there, because you've been in the Supreme Finals plenty of times now, what? When do you start to kind of say, oh, I think I have a dog here? Like, like Roy, there is two or two plus a little bit or whatever. But when do yeah. you kind of, when do you start to judge a dog? You know, because I see lots of dog people and they get rid of dogs there, you know, before they're two saying, oh, he's not the one or whatever. When do you sort of form your opinion or get ready to bank on him? Like? Um, probably on the Saturday morning <laughs> of the Supreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> kind of a safe time to say he was good enough for it. And well, I, you know, I, there's a couple of times where I've, I've thought that's it, I'm, I'm done with this dog or that dog or the other dog and like, you know, Nanti, I won the National in 2004, the year before in 2003, uh, I was getting ready to go to Stranra, so I let all my dogs out for uh, to, for the International in Stranra. I let all my dogs out for uh, run around the yard and got them all put them away and there was uh, Monty and one other dog had disappeared one of my dad's dogs uh, couldn't find them anyway there was a derelict farm a few hundred uh, yards away along the hillside here and uh, I eventually found them there but in the meantime I'd rung my dad and effing and jeffing this effing dog this bloody thing I'm just going to nurse him and sell the bloody thing I hate the damn thing <laughs> so I started nurseries I won a couple of nurseries early on I thought yeah he's alright he's, he's not not amazing, but he's he's quite good. Um, got through nurseries and 
uh, Moss was qualified for the national already. Uh, his that was his father, so I thought, oh well, um, got to that ner- end of nurseries and started running this dog in opens. I thought, oh well, I'll, I'll get him, I'll, I'll try and qualify him, and then I can run him at national. And then I've got two goals at it, so I make myself better prepared for the second run because I've never yeah. run two at a national before. Yeah. Um, so then I, I managed to scramble enough points together to to run him, and and then won the national with him. Um, and did, by, you, did you run him first or second? Did you run run? Him? I ran him first. Oh, very good. So I was about 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 thirty. Well, the idea was that I was I'd be giving myself the knowledge of the ground and everything yeah. for the other dog. Yeah, you're going to use them to feel the course for the other dog and then yeah. do the big yeah. for the second dog. Yeah. So I went. I'd never been in the team at that point. You know, that was the first time I was in the team as well. So, oh, brilliant! Um, so, like, I, I went out there with some degree of confidence that many would have thought was misplaced, probably. Yeah. Um. And I also went out with a degree of I'm going to show you because I was in the pub the night before and uh, was told the, the like so obviously some people put a list up of the like write a list of people they think are going to get in the team and um, and this uh, one of the people that I was with said oh yeah no I've not not got you down as being uh, anywhere near it sort of thing um, and I went all right I'm going to show you I'm going to go out there tomorrow and I'm going to win it. Did and I did. You didn't tell him that, though, did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, top marks. Oh, oh no, no. Um, Winning is one thing, but now I'm really impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then a couple of years later, uh, I got in the team. In the 2005, got in the team with uh, Monty's father, Moss, uh, and got into the Supreme at Ross and Wine and got third in it. Uh, the following year, uh, ran Monty at the national and was second with him there. And then, come towards 2009, uh, just before the national, Ricky put a trial on, and Ricky's dad said to me, "Are you all ready for national?" I said, "No, I'm not." I said, uh, "I had Monty and Don, um, and Don was just a younger at the time, and Monty was getting towards retirement age." I said, no, I'm not. I said, it's sort of terrible. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think Monty's ready for retiring, and and I think I'll probably uh, probably run Don at national, and then probably sell him. Um, and then I went to the national two weeks later, and uh, and got both dogs in the team, and then went to the supreme uh, to the international, and got both dogs in the supreme as well. Oh, lovely, lovely. So, there, so, there, so Don was another dog. You were saying, oh, Don's not going to make it. Yeah, well, he he was. Yeah, he. Uh, I, did, I liked a lot of things about him, but he was running really badly just before the national. So oh, I yeah. thought, well, yes. you know, it, it's just not not going to happen for him. Um, but then it did. But that was the only time that he was uh, that he got in the team at all. Um, he, he, he was a bit of a nervy dog. Like I remember running at Dovedale National in two thousand and eight. The year before, I got him in the team, and there was a uh, flag up the side of the trial field where there was some car sales group parked up the side of it, and uh, the flag was blowing in the wind and ting 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 on the thing, and I don't know why, but he just he hated that noise, yeah. and and uh, he, he was never he never liked strange noises like that at a trial. You know, if there was yeah. a ticker tape blowing in the wind, flapping in the wind, he wouldn't like that either. 
Um, but yeah, just at the time he, he worked quite well on the field that we uh, that with the nationals on, and he worked really. You know, I think uh, in the qualifier at the international with him, uh, I think I lost all of my ten points and finished on three hundred and seventy or three hundred and eighty with him. Yeah, maybe three, maybe three sixty. So you know, yeah. he had a, he had a, he had a, and I thought then I thought, oh, hey, this is a dog for another eight, well, six, seven, eight years or whatever yeah. to run at the national and potentially international. And yes, he did run at national every year after that, but never managed to do well enough to get in the team again. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. You're, you're making me think there. I was talking to Jim Cropper a few weeks ago, and I was saying to Jim that yeah. you know that uh, I often think handlers, dogs reflect their handlers a little bit, and uh, I'm starting to think the same about your dogs there. That they're all out flashing every Sunday, but the the when it comes to the big stuff, then then you, everybody sort of you and the dog nearly sort of wake up a little bit for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Monty Monty lived for the crowd, particularly. Um, I remember um, they did. Uh, down at Chatsworth House, uh, they did one man and his dog, and they had a lot of bales sat up for uh, the crowd to sit and watch on. Yeah. And I was sat on these bales of straw at the side, just you know, and they do what they do with the camera, and they panned up and round and over in front of everybody. And Monty was there with me on these bales of straw, and there's this camera on this big long arm swooped across everybody to get a view of the crowd watching. He put his feet on my knee and lifted himself up so the camera's on him. <laughs> that's deadly. Oh, that's deadly. Yeah, that, that's just—it's just what he was like. It was like uh, more with with him. It was like if there was a crowd there, then he just kind of went ping. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, this is this is where we need to do it, sort of thing. Yeah. And he, 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 but but then there were always a lot like round here. There aren't as many big courses, so it was always a bigger course at a national. Yes. Then. Than what he would be because he wasn't the best flanking dog. He was more of a follow a line dog than the flanker. Yeah. So once the sheep went offline on a small field, he didn't have time to do what about it. Um, but on a big field, he just kind of leaned onto the side that I wanted him to, and and he'd, he'd be able to draw him back into where where they needed to be. Yes. That's interesting though. That must give you confidence too when you be going to a national with him. That 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 he'd tend to flash up for that bit of a crowd or when there was a bit of an event that yeah. that he that must must have made you kind of feel oh yeah could me and like must have made you think well geez Monty's up for it anyway you know I have a uh, yeah 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 well the, the the year that the second year that I ran him at a national um, I made a mistake because I, I went uh, not so much at the national but I, I, well I was unlucky with the draw because I was drawn first on yeah. Uh, the following year of, of you know the whole national was the first on yes and I know you 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 know you've got 150 places and everyone's got as even a chance as anyone but um, what I did wrong wasn't what I did at the national it's what I did before it I treat myself and him differently to what I had done the year before because I thought well I'm like national champion so I've got to try sort of thing yes so I took him took him out training a lot more than I would usually do and it was a I think it was an earlier national as well so we hadn't spained the lambs uh, off the sheep and usually when we was uh, the national would come just after we'd had all sheep through the pens and took a lot of lambs away and 
put the sheep away and you know separated everything. So he'd done a lot of fairly rough, like just work. Yeah. Not not trials, not 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 training, not any of that. Yeah. It was just work. And if there were every year there was a national that was before we'd stained them and never had as good a run with him as after. It was uh, the work that made made him maybe just freed him up a bit. I don't know. Um, are you saying that when when you hadn't got the lambs weaned, you had a better run out of them after, or the other way around? That when the lambs had no, no, the other way, no, no, the other way around. Yes. he had to do if, if he'd done the work, moving bunches and you know hundreds of lambs, hundreds of sheep. Yes, uh, then he were better better for it. Ah. And then like what one of the weird th- you know little things that dogs t- teach themselves. One of the things he do like he very uh, quite for me anyway a very stylish dog. Um, quiet moving and, and everything else and when he was moving bunches of sheep I can still picture him moving this bunch of sheep and he'd be at the back of them and obviously the sheep are walking away and he'd be right up close to them and I'm not always there and he'd just move his nose across the back of the leg so they knew he were there and make them run away from him wouldn't, but wouldn't do anything to him just touch him yes. and that'd be it he'd know that all, that was all he needed to do yeah I, lo- I love that thing you're talking about now. Uh, that concept that what you're talking about so it's those that's one of those kind of things. What did you say that, that dogs sort of teach themselves as they go along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. I, I've seen my, my buddy Norman one day, years ago, when we were lambing together and all, we were having lunch, and Norman started telling me about his rye dog, how we were moving yaws and lambs down the road, and you know, there'd be sheep wire, and maybe, maybe the lambs were two weeks old or something like that, and they'd stick their head in, and they keep plunging forward, and all they need is for you yeah. to go over with your hand and just catch them by the back leg, pull them out, and let them go. And yeah. Norman said that, he was sitting up on the quad. Norman wasn't very mobile. And he said, you wouldn't believe what Roy did today. He went over and he pulled the lamb out of the fence the way you would with your hand. And I was, right. I was thinking to myself, now that's a bit of a tall one. Now you're overcooking it, yeah. Norman. But I was out with him the next day in the same situation and I saw the dog doing it. Now, I'd love to have a video of it now. But it was one of those things, yeah. like you said, you, you couldn't teach the dog to do it, but he picked no. it up. Like. But, yeah, um... Monty's dad, he like my dad had moths for a bit, but he had two open dogs anyway, so I ended up with moths. Um, and when dad was going catching uh, sheep at lambing time, uh, well, the, both moths and his, his father, Rob, um, they'd catch a sheep for you. Yes. Never taught them it. Yes. Uh, moths, dad was trying to catch one anyway, it got away, and it was away down the field a bit. Moss had gone after it, managed to get hold of its wool over the top of its head on its neck, <laughs> and, and basically had its face into the floor and held on to it until Dad got there to catch it. Yes, yes. And and they were both fantastic for catching lambs as well. You know, they they just kind of go on, basically just sit on them. Yes. You you wanted a lamb catching that was trying to get away from you. They just they'd work it and work it. They weren't nudge it back to you if they wanted to, but if you wanted it, not needed it catching. Just a new, newish born lamb, anyway. I wouldn't like to try it on a 20 kilo lamb, but they just they literally just like put the front leg over it and lie on it. Yeah, yeah. And just wait wait for you to get there to pick it up. Well, see that kind of stuff, or like knocking over a lamb, or I saw Dean Aiken had a, uh, I think it was, or Dean, I think that's Dean's second name anyway. He had a video yeah, of yeah. a dog, and, but I'd never seen it before on, on a video where, the, you know, don't we get a yo on its back? And the dog went over yeah. and hugged at it and got it back on its feet. And yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I one, saw that. That's one of those things I was thinking. I haven't seen that before, and I was thinking that's like. But you know, you know that if you had a dog and you were doing certain kind of stuff, that it's a likely kind of a thing for them to pick up. But I, I would never have yeah. thought of it till I saw it in the video, and I was thinking, oh, that's deadly. 
But uh, yeah, that's yeah. The, the only downside. Now I'm a hobby fella, so uh, and like a lot of people now who are new to the sport are, are hobby people. They never well, get we're we're all hobby people, really. Well, the only difference is though, if you're doing a lot of work, you get to see these things that you couldn't actually train and you couldn't set up. Whereas, and so that's yeah. that's kind of the bit that I think now it's you know I'm going to miss that in my dogs. My dogs, I'm not going to yeah. know my dogs as well as you know your dogs. I'm not going to have that much hours spent on that. <laughs> stuff, like. no, no, knowing my dogs, that might not be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, come here. There's another thing there now. You said, uh, and people ask me about it sometimes. A line dog. Can you explain yeah. what a line dog is? Because when people ask me, I, I can picture it, but I can't explain it. Uh, can you? You might be able to do a better job than me there with that. Uh, well, just a dog that prefer doesn't like the square flank and just walks on, pushes a corner rather than to you know like the modern way of having a big wide flank and then the dog turns and comes back into them. Whereas in years gone by, the dog would take a small flank and it it would be a it wouldn't so much be a flank as a walk on, but on that side. Yes. Um. So like you give it a left flank and it'd push that corner, and you give it a right flank, it'd push that corner. Whereas now you give it a left flank, it takes twenty yards out and then comes back onto them, or a right flank, it takes twenty yards out and comes back onto them. Yes. Um, so the line dog, the line think, dog would be like from a working point of view now. The line dog would be a lot more economical or efficient too, would he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard stories of dogs that are uh, quite happy to flank and get them to get a bunch of mob of sheep to a gate, and they just can't get them through it because they just have to keep giving room. Yeah. Every time they do anything, they just give a bit more room, and yeah. you know you can't you can't get sheep through a gate if you keep giving them more room because they just keep taking advantage. And you, every time you took one corner in, they've gone at the other corner. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I prefer a, a more direct flanking dog than a wide flank. Yeah, you like a lot in that situation where he'd be sort of ratcheting it up every time it's a bit of slack, he'd take yeah. it up and tighten up again and yeah. keep him. And so, when you were talking about Ryder on the fetch, and you were saying that you had a little bit of trouble trying to get him to flank off, you know, coming down the fetch, yeah. is it that is it that kind of line dog thing, or is it that he doesn't want to just, like, I've got a hold of these sheep now, and I'm not flanking off there for you, letting them, you know, what's going on? With it, was, it, it was just, I think it was just that he wanted to fetch him to me. Yeah. That was it. You know, it, it wasn't, it, I didn't think it was any kind of uh, badness in him trying to do things in a wrong manner or differently to what I wanted him to. I think he was just he just hadn't got the idea that when I asked him to flank round them that he could do. It sounds but like I'm, he has really good balance. Is, does he have good balance? Um, yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he does, yeah. Is that something you look for in dogs? Or what kind of things, when you start with a young dog, what kind of things are you thinking, oh, I'd like to see this or... I think with, you mentioned with uh, Todd, you know, that there's some nice things in him. Like, what what do you call nice things? Well, a bit of uh, keenness to work and willing to willing to please, really. Yeah. Um, you know, if the dog's willing to please you and, and wants to do to help you, then you can get away with a lot of faults that a dog that isn't with you will not get away with. Yes. You know, like Todd, Todd, when I when I trained Todd, I, I started him at like five or six months old just because he was keen, and I just kept taking him out. Yeah. Not, not. I wasn't thinking I was going to train him. You know, I was just thinking I'll take him out, and I'll take him out, and I'll take him out, and, and you know, I'll see how it goes. And um, and I can't, I I kept keep, keep catching myself and thinking to myself, hang on, he's not old enough to be teaching him this bit. Yes. He's still, you know, he was he was pretty much fully trained. 
13 months. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, geez, what, what? just take it easy, take it easy, kept thinking that. And, but then every time I tried to teach him something else, he'd do it slightly wrong and I'd, you know, tell him off and make him do it right. And, and he'd take it and it wouldn't be, wouldn't be an issue. And, and then, yeah, he just kept, uh, kept progressing and I, I, I probably made a bit of a mistake with him because uh, I ran him at his first Open when he was about 13 months old uh, and I got a sixth prize with him and that oh. was at the end of the end of the nursery season Yeah. Um, so then I ran him through the Opens and didn't really get any prizes with him so then obviously he was knocked out of the nurseries for the following year so I didn't nursery him at all yes. but the points that I used to run him at the National the following year I got them all after start of January when he would just be coming up for two year old yeah. so if I'd not run him in them early opens and saved him and run him in the nurseries I might you know I'd still use the same points that I used to run him at the national but I would maybe have uh, he'd maybe have had a better schooling at nurseries than he had running through the opens yeah, yeah, he had to get in at the deep end there. I think we sort of have an yeah. advantage here. Uh, I know maybe it wouldn't work in other places, but here, if we get points on our nursery dogs and they're still under age, the age is the only thing we look at. But we have two different yeah. classes. We have So we have one class for dogs with no points and do- one class for dogs that have picked up points. But it means yeah. that you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get to do your points and you get yeah. to put another nursery season on them, which, which Todd just kind of missed out on there. Uh, but we get to yeah, yeah. Well, you, do yeah. both. I remember running a, a trial uh, down Derbyshire sort of way, and Alad Owen was over at it. And me and Dad had gone to it, and we ran our dogs, and Alad Owen ran his dog. And it was just before the nurseries in, in England started, like late September, early October, I think it was. And Alad's dog was fully pointed already, and yeah. it, was, it was still a nursery dog. Yeah. And they were like, what the heck? You know, it's the fact that putting put nurseries ahead of opens, getting a prize in the open doesn't change your dog. Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't change anything about a young dog being green. It means it's a good day. Yes. It might have been, like I said, you know, like we told, it might have been a sixth prize. It might have had a really good day and got first or second. Yes. But then the next day, it's still a green dog. Yes. You know, it still needs the experience. So, but, <clears throat> nurseries are good, but they're, I don't know whether they should be, the, the classification for a nursery like you do should be more to do with the age of a dog rather than the prizes that it's had. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I just, I love nurseries because I think it's mm. a lovely chance, there's no big consequences and I'll sure you want to get the money, but you don't, well, I don't really care. It's more about yeah. building my dog and, and, you know, getting them, you know, putting all the tools on them gradually there and no pressure. Yeah. Like. yeah. So it's a, pity. Yeah. it's a pity if you were lucky in, a, in an open during the summer that it, 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 that it disqualifies you, you know, or maybe it puts you off bringing them to an open in case you get pointed and you don't want to put them out in nurseries. It's, it's a pity to have to choose, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I know there are some, uh, like, in England, the nursery rules right throughout the country are different everywhere. Because some areas are uh, age limits. Some are, some areas age limits the first of January. Some areas it's the end of March or the beginning of uh, beginning of October or 
you know, oh, yeah, some good, some yeah. some areas don't don't have an age limit. Like the one I'm in, don't we don't have an age limit. You can just run a dog as long as it's not a prize in an opens or two first in a nursery. Yes. You know, you could run it right through until it's ten year old if that's all you want to do, and you don't get any high prizes for it, or any prize in nurseries or novices either. Um, whereas other areas have age limits, and uh, I think there's one area that you're not allowed to set foot on an open course before the nursery season starts in one area. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, but it doesn't say out about the novice. Yes. So, so if you have a nurse, an open and a novice on on the same day, I don't know whether you're allowed to go and run on their novice course, which is the same as the open course, but not be judged for the open and not pay your entry for the open. Yeah, pay your entry for the novice. Yeah, that's complicated. I'd be tripping up everywhere and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I was one of the. Uh, founders of the English nursery final and one of the decisions we made was just to keep it simple. Yes, because the thing is kind of complicated who's in and who's out. And Yeah, and and we just literally, we just opened the entry the first year and everybody who entered the first year has been in every year since bar one that dropped out. And we have a waiting list for other clubs that are in, around the country that want to join up. But but nobody else no nobody else has dropped out. We need somebody to drop out for another one to come in. Yeah, or just or we need to a day. Is it like it's to make it? Well, it, it, if we went any if we had any more any higher number of clubs, then the teams would have to be lower. And we've already only got three in a team as it is. Yeah. Um, and if it was two in a team, it doesn't really lend itself to being a team event and does it no. you know you've got one good run one bad run you've no chance two two middling runs you might win it the changes for all the rules throughout the country you know we literally just said if your dog's a nursery dog in your area it's yeah. like, it's eligible to run yeah. uh, but we did do we did pick an age limit which didn't marry up with some areas but we just pick the age the, the, the turn of the year just to make it easy so when people send their entry in if it said if it, like obviously if it said a certain year one year it's in what the year before it's out sort of thing yeah rather than having to look at months and yeah. everything just just slightly simpler for the secretary who has to go through the entries and another thing I wanted to ask you about is just it's kind of come up in conversation lately with fellas I'm talking to enough and so people say oh yeah like I want a good intelligent dog I don't want one of them stupid ones or you know I'm just being very you know making it real obvious but yeah. for me I know there are some dogs that aren't bright like but for me I find that most dogs are fairly intelligent I can't say that I have uh, I can, of all the dogs I've had since I come back to dogs the last few years I've only one that a class has been a bit stupid like and I mm. saw that he was fairly well trained before I got him and so I even give him the benefit of the doubt thinking you know some of the things mightn't have just been trained that well in the start for a bit too long and it mightn't be fair because well he was clever in ways so I can't even call him stupid what do you think about stupid versus intelligent or what's your opinion or do you like clever dogs or do you feel <coughs> some of them are a lot clever um, I think that uh, some dogs are too clever. Sometimes yes. Yes. they know, you know, they, they get so they know what they're expected to do and do it. You know, like when you're driving sheep and they go through an obstacle or something like that, then uh, you might get a dog that learns and goes and starts turning them, and then they might just start thinking, oh, we'll get them just a little bit sooner, then we'll be a bit quicker. And yes. Um, and then you start missing obstacles rather than hitting them. Yes. 
I don't know. Um, there's, 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 it depends what sort of like level of intelligence you're talking. You know, there's, there's different level of intelligence in that they have a mind of their own, or a level of intelligence that they know exactly what you mean when you tell them to do something. Um, you know, the the, the ones that I, I kind of like somewhere between, so that they will listen, but they'll know their job if they're not. Uh, if they're not being commanded or can't hear the command, if it's really windy or all. Yeah. I often wonder then, too, if like if keenness and intelligence are very close, because it's like when they have a big keenness and big desire to work, well, then they're really eager to figure out what they need to do so that they can keep working or, you know, what's the next thing so that we can keep playing the game here. But mm. like you said with... Well, I think it was Todd. You said like he, like you had him. You ran him. Oh, it was Todd that you ran him at thirteen months in open, and that when yeah. you were training him at six, seven, eight months, that you were kind of you had to keep reminding yourself, this is a pup I have here. Go easy, like. Yeah. And yeah, it's just was it because he just has this nice keenness to work without taking offence about anything. It's just no, no, just give me some more work there, and we'll be great. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Well, I, I must not have had anything else to train at the time, so I just kept taking him. And, yeah. I say, you know, I kept, I kept thinking to myself when I finished. Just remember, next time you take him out, just remember how old he is, and don't put the pressure on. And yeah. Um. And, and if he does something wrong, don't get annoyed, and and don't 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 put him off doing it right the next time, sort of thing. But then I'd just go out and and have him out, and I say, you know, tell him off if he was doing things wrong, and and then forget in the moment, just forget that he's as young as he is, and then think afterwards, oh shit, I did it again. But but he didn't learn, so you know it was, you know it, it was the right thing for him. Yeah. But that's not to say it would have been the right thing for another one. Well, that's, that's slightly that's, different. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So you know the way people say, "Oh, what's the right age to start a dog?" Well, Todd was the right age to start him was at the age he did and the way he went along. Yeah. But for another dog, yeah. if I was looking, I said, "Well, Michael started Todd there at seven months, and he was here at thirteen months. I want to do the same thing with my dog." Well. No. How do I so say next thing I'm in training my dog and what are what are the things I'm gonna see where I realise oh no Paddy you have to back off now and leave that for a few months like why can't every dog be a Todd when you go to train if I have one that's keen and wants to walk yeah. why can't he be a Todd like um yeah it'd be nice if they were all you know if you get a good one that suits you it'd be nice if you could get them again and again yeah um and I have I have like in the you know when my mind's been wandering, wondered about kind of cloning a dog and seeing whether it'd be as good as the old one, you know. Uh, but it wouldn't because it'd be nature over nurture, wouldn't it? Because you'd do things differently. Like I always think, um, like litters of pups that are bred the same. You know, the first litter, if they turn out good, you go and use the same dog on the bitch again to get another litter just as good. But yes. I don't see them turn out. The second letter don't turn out as well. Yeah. And I don't think it's anything to do with genetics. I think it's to do with um, expectations of oh. people that have got them. That's interesting. Do you, think, if you, you, do you think the second litter genetically, well, obviously genetically it is the same as, the, well, yeah, it's yeah. similar, but you think that, that the, the environmental way that people bring them up has an influence? I no, not so much the environmental way, uh, the expectation. Yeah. Because when you have a pup and you've not had one of that breed or not seen one of that particular mating before, you just bring this pup up and it grows up, it does what it does, it's a pup. 
you see a dog that you like and you go and get one from the same mating but two years down the line, as soon as you've got that pup, you've got an expectation of it to be what you want, which is what the other one that made you order it is. Ah, yeah. So everything that you're doing is different to what you would have done had it not have, had it have been just a pup. Yeah, so you're not coming because to the you're not coming to the party with an open mind like you would have. Yeah, you're not. It's not a clean slate. You're yeah. not going at it with a clean slate. You're going at it thinking this is how good this dog can be. I can make it into that by doing this, this, and this. Not going to it thinking I hope this dog's a good one. I'll make it by doing what I usually do. Yeah. Yeah, let's see as, is, as we go along. Let's see what I think. Yeah, let, let's see 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 how you progress rather than thinking, right, that that sort of thing that such and such a dog does that's older than it and let a mate. Oh, that's a very you know? that's a very interesting. I want to think about that now for the next. I'll be thinking about that. Well, there was there was a lit around there was a lit around here and there was three good dogs. Two of them got in the team. Uh, at least once, if not more than once. Uh, three, at least we were all out the same letter. Yeah. Uh, went and did the same mating again. The best of the second letter was decent at nursery level. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Do, nothing else turned out. Yeah, it just fell off the radar even after that. Then. Yeah. 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 No, well, it's just that's a mad now. I'm going to think about that. I like the sound of that because. It's like you said there, and I've often been in the same situation as you, where I'm coming along with a, a clean slate of a dog, not expecting anything out of him, and maybe yeah. thinking, I need to get rid of this whore. And then a while yeah. later, events conspire in a certain way, and suddenly now you wouldn't you wouldn't let him go for anything. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've got you've got a dog that you want. Yeah. yeah. That's very yeah. interesting. Well, like the, the reason why I bought Todd was, uh, like, I, I bought him as a pup. I didn't pick him myself. The breeder picked him. Uh, first time I saw him was when he got here because it was lambing time and there was a trial just down in Bottom of Valley so the fellow who was bred him brought him up so that was the first time I'd seen him but the reason why I ordered him was because there was another dog uh, out of the same bitch but by a different dog running locally that I liked the look of but I didn't like the father of it so I figured it was a, dog, you know, it was a good dog but it wasn't my kind of dog so I figured when uh when he went and used uh, Alex Roy on this bitch, uh, I said, oh, uh, I, t- I ummed and ahed for a while as to whether I should do or not, and then I decided that I would do. Um, my only stipulation was it had to have a bit of a rough coat, and, and that's that's what I got with Todd. So. But, uh, I hummed and hard a bit and all. I was looking at a post on Facebook the other day, and people talking about how they pick their pups and the right way to pick a pup and all this. And, and I'm thinking, you hummed and hard about whether to get one, and then you just told the breeder, get me one there with a rough coat on it. Like, you didn't even look at later or anything else. You took whatever he no. picked for you. Yeah. And, and that was yeah. odd. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't, I, and, and I'm not even sure whether it's the right one. Yeah. Because, uh, they obviously, they had to be microchipped. And the microchip number that Todd's got didn't match with the one on his certificate. So I don't know whether there were two dogs that looked very similar. Both would be rough-coated. And he picked up the wrong one when he brought it to me. So I don't even know whether Todd was the one that he picked for me originally, if you know what I mean. Well, I hope that happens. I sent over three pups to, to Thomas and Paul, and you know Thomas there. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. When, he, when he got the pups, he said, wait, one of these isn't one I picked. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah. 
But that'll uh, be the best one, though. But then, uh, the sure, that's it. Uh, but so when you pick a pup now, say you you buy a pup tomorrow out of a litter, what do you do? Do you, yeah. do you if it's far away, you probably don't go to look at it, or if it's what do? How do you pick them? Uh, well, the last one I bought was uh, I just saw something on Facebook, like look of a pup in a picture. Said, uh, "Is it available?" They said yes. Uh, they were South Wales, and uh, brought it up to Skipton for me. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So you just you, you saw something you liked, and you obviously liked a bit of the pedigree behind it, probably. And yeah, yeah. And, and sure, I mean that's the reality of it, though, Michael, isn't it? Like none of us can say how a pup's going to turn out. And the best thing no, we can no. do is come to it, like you said, there with an open mind and not be. Predicting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the the, the only pups that I've had recently, apart from that one that I say I picked up at skipped, and the only pups I've had recently have been things that I've bred really. Yeah. Um, and then I'll buy in. Like Roy Dog was about thirteen or fourteen month old when I bought him. Um, nicely on his hands and stopping and coming off him a bit. Um. So, yeah, I could see a little bit of what you might want out of him yeah. in the future when he was working. So, might marginally better than picking a pup that you've no idea what's, you know, how yeah. it might start thinking about working. Yeah. And, Mir, now I'll let you go on after this question there. You hear it, maybe you say it too, but I hear lads saying it all the time. It's so hard to get a good dog. And,. Uh, so I see you and you've been there in the final heap of times with different dogs and dogs that you were going to get rid of and everything else and on the team. Yeah. And so what do you say about that? Is it that hard to get a good dog or what's the deal like or what? Or... Um, yes, it is hard to get a good dog. But I think half of it is Half of it's having a good dog and half of it's having a level of belief that you are able to do it yes. yourself yes. as well as the dog. Because I've seen people, you know, I see people that run in trials around here all the time and they'll have good runs and they'll do really well and then get in the team and and then get to an international and there'll just be something doesn't go right and... Whether it well, what what it is, I couldn't entirely pinpoint it because you know everybody must have a level of self belief to get to an international. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, I think you need you need a good dog for a start off, but you also need to have the level of belief that you are um, 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 able to compete in that arena, sort of thing. I often think you said it, so it's sort of 50% good dog, 50% belief. And then when you were saying that, I was thinking, and it's 50% not keeping a, an average dog. I see a lot of fellas with dogs that you know just aren't going to do it at the top. Yeah. Why do you keep hanging? It's like hanging on to a bad girlfriend or, you know, a nearly girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Like. No, no, but I did that with Monty and kept hold of him. Say that again? I did it with Monty and kept hold of him and then won the national with him, didn't I? So. <laughs> yeah, well, that, see, that's the, that's the 50%. It's like... It's like uh, there's a sort of an old magic going on there. Or it's a, this mm. kind of like it's it's not not just science anyway. It's like the magic of uh, knowing who to keep and when to let them go and when not to. You know, yeah. A bit like, well, a bit my, like my, my, there. You don't want to get. You know, you could be hanging out with some girlfriend you think is nearly right, 
And and then yeah. you, you, if you don't pull the plug on her, you could end up divorced a few years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, there's a <clears throat> my biggest problem is keeping dogs too long. You know, if I, I I'll get to a certain point and think, well, it's not going to be one for me. I'll, but then I'll think, but if I do keep it a bit longer, I can make it a bit better, and then it'll be worth a little bit more. And then you know, six months later, it's still it's a little bit better than it was six months ago, but it's still worth the same as it was six months ago, sort of thing. Yeah, and then um, it's costing you, it's costing you the time you would have been experimenting with a new one too, like. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but, uh, but back, you've said two very important things to me in this the, the conversation there. And the first one is about that second litter business and the expectations. I think that's really interesting. But the other thing you said there, and I will let you go after this, is that thing about the belief uh, like that's a fun that's more that old magic stuff that belief thing like it, it, I often wonder how do you get that like where does it come from Michael it, it, like of course you go out today and you win an open or something and then you go oh I can do that again and all and so the belief builds up slowly but some people just don't have that and they've won opens and they've done stuff and all haven't they just deep yeah. down they don't have it like yeah well when I was on uh, the woman and his dog uh uh, Julie Hills Farm, Aladoin was there with Roy, and they came out to me and they interviewed us, and they kept goading and goading and goading me. Yeah. The, the uh, people interviewing, and eventually I just came out with the uh, the old line of if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the rest. <laughs> and uh, and so obviously they aired that as part of my home interview for <laughs> one and his dog, and then uh, I, I I was lucky enough that I did actually win. Uh, the, the, that one as well yeah I don't know it, it, it's tricky because I think you've got to get a little bit lucky in a way and get to the right place for you to realise in your own mind that you are good enough somewhere I know of people who have felt that they're dog's good enough and they're good enough but haven't done it and then they've done it once and got near the top of the tree and then they've got that belief and they've been there every year since yeah and and that's it you know it, it can be as simple as that just one time something happening for you to get that level of uh, self-confidence that you do belong there rather than you're lucky to be there yeah, and when you think if you think you belong somewhere, then you're comfortable there. If you think you're lucky to be there, then you're looking in awe at everybody around you. Yeah, and thinking, "Wow, that is such and such. I'm uh, amazing. To, uh, I'm amazed to be here. Not I'm here." Yeah, I'm where I should be. <laughs> yeah, and and people can make that. I mean, we're having a good frank conversation here. I wouldn't want anyone to to interpret it as being. Oh, arrogant or thinking like you can't have belief. Like in fairness, you're talking nice and frank to me there, and that's deadly, because you can't tiptoe around this fucking thing. You either, well, it's a bit. I, I'm. I, I think it's really interesting that you told the fella the night before that I, I'm. You're, you haven't got me on the list, but I'm going to win this national, and mm. uh, like because that's a bit the way I talk. But if I'm really honest, I talk a bit that way too to put pressure on myself it's yeah. like, like you with the one man and his dog and it got said and now well I said it so I've got to fucking beat Alice and everyone else here yeah the, the, does pressure play, play 
part in it for you there, or is there good pressure like that? Like, can it be helpful? Yeah, definitely, because foc- uh, the pressure at a national and international focuses my mind yeah. more than a normal t- trial. Um, I have no idea why. Um, I can try and I can try and sort of replicate it for myself so that I can do it at, at uh, you know some normal Saturday Sunday trials, but it's never never comes. No, well, it very rarely comes to uh, fruition to be as good as what I would have hoped it would be when I've done it. So then I kind of lose interest in trying to do it. So then I just start just going for fun and not to win. No, I know. I know. But, you you know there. It's a little bit like nearly like a little bit of uh, laziness or um, complacency yeah. or something. It's like, well, if, if there's not something big at the end of this, yeah, I'm going to pretend and I'm going to tell myself there is and all, but really I'm not going to really bother my ass. If it goes well, great. Yeah, it's, 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 like you say, it's, it's probably a, a slight level of uh, arrogance to be thinking that you should be somewhere, but um, it's it's a level of... Well, at the same time, I was thinking, Michael, you didn't train all year to, <laughs> to come out here and no, participate. No. Like, no, no, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't go looking for a dog everywhere and trying to find the yoke that fits and everything else to come out and just, yeah, well, it's okay if it doesn't happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah. 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 Well, come here, listen. I've taken up enough of your time there this morning, and thanks for talking to me. So thanks for listening. I hope this interview has sparked some new ideas for you. If you want to support Churchmen and to learn more about us and how we train dogs, you can become a Patreon subscriber over at our website at churchmansheepdogs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Churchman Sheepdogs.